When Israel strikes Iran, what happens next? On today's show, I have end-time expert Bill Salas back with me to unpack what Scripture says about this conflict and why this could be the next prophecy fulfilled. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Uh, remember, I've got a new book out that is called Look Up. If you haven't ordered that yet, you can get that on exomarriage.com or you can get it on amazon.com. I believe it will bless you. We're also going to Israel next year. At the end of this year, November and December, that information is there on your screen. We would love to have you join us on that trip. It's gonna be a blessing. Now I have joining me again today, best-selling author, end times expert, Bill Salas. He was with me last week and we were talking about this Iran prophecy, this Elam prophecy. And we're gonna be talking about it again today. He is the founder of Prophecy Depot Ministries. He's written 11 books, produced 14 DVDs. He's an author and speaker that I've learned an awful lot from over the years. He's a researcher, very good teacher. I'm glad to have him joining me today to discuss a very important prophetic event, which is also a book that Bill has written called Nuclear Showdown in Iran. Bill, thank you for joining me again today. Jimmy, what a time to be alive. Right? I know it, my gosh. It's exciting. You know, it's... Uh, Prophecy is uh, John Walvoord, Dr. John Walvoord, who was at the Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, he was considered, I think, the scholar, the, uh, the prince of scholars in the end times. He located a thousand prophecies in the Bible. Hmm. He actually wrote a book called Every Prophecy in the Bible that people, people can get. A thousand prophecies in the Bible and 500 have been literally fulfilled. Hmm. And the other 500, of course, he said they will be literally fulfilled. Right. So Bible prophecy is is all over the place, and it's empirical, it's measurable, and I don't think that I don't think there's ever been an event in my lifetime other than the reestablishing of Israel, which was 1948, born in 1953. But except for the establishment of Israel, what's happening in Iran right now is just really an in-your-face fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. there, there's going to be, of course, you wrote the, uh, this book about Jeremiah 49. What do you think right now, because we're going to talk about, last week we talked a lot about Jeremiah 49 and kind of the history of what's happened between Israel and, and Iran. What do you think right now is the most significant thing that's happening related to Israel and Iran? Absolutely. And I would also like to, before we start on the laying the whole thing out, Maybe to give them a quick recap, I can do it real quick about yeah. our show last week in case they didn't. didn't Absolutely. Jeremiah 49 verses 34 through 39 speaks of six verses, speaks about a disaster that happens, probably nuclear in Iran, mainly around the western side of Iran by the Persian Gulf over there. Uh, what happens is a time comes where the Lord gets fiercely angry with Iran. He brings about a disaster. The reason he's angry is because there's bad leadership, because he says he will destroy from there the kings and the princes, and it'll bring about a disaster. And the way the, way the disaster happens is he's going to break the bow. He's going to stop the missile launching capabilities that Iran, Iran currently possesses at the foremost of their might, meaning probably their nuclear program, so that they won't be able to launch something lethal somewhere, probably Israel is our concern. Right. He's going to prevent that from happening at a time when Iran has a menu of enemies, and they do today with Israel, yeah. the international community, America, 
the Gulf states of the Arab states over there, Saudi Arabia, etc. And that's sort of a nutshell of the prophecy. The good news is that the exiles who get dispersed as a result of that disaster will someday be restored their fortunes back into Iran. That is a lot of Iranian Christians who've converted from Islam, very excited. But that's sort of the nutshell version of the prophecy. So now we can talk about, well, how, how do we get from here to there in this program? Yeah, and so you've written a book, The Nuclear Shutdown in Iran, which is talking about the Alam, the prophecy, Jeremiah 49, concerning Alam. You've also written a book about the Psalm 83 war, which also is a part of this scenario. I mean, it's a part of the end time scenario. And then, of course, Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about the coalition of nations, Russia, Persia, which is Iran, uh, Turkey, uh, all these, this coalition of nations. So there's going to be uh, a succession of, of these wars. Now, do you believe that the war, this Elam prophecy, which is really the destruction of Elam, do you believe that that precedes Psalm 83? I do. Tell me why. My, my radar right now is a sequence of prophetic events. Like you said, Israel 1948 was the last literal fulfillment of a prophecy. They're celebrating their 75th anniversary this May. Amazing. And I think the next prophecy is going to happen probably even this year, maybe this Iran prophecy, and it won't be another 75 years until the subsequent one. I right. believe at that point, like birth pangs, they're going to be coming more intense and come more frequently, and you can't stop them. And Jesus used the analogy in Matthew 24, verse 8, end times would be like birth pangs, right? These types of events. Right. So I, what I'm looking at right here, because what we see going on with Iran's nuclear program, Israel, we went through a whole history of the last 10, 13 years of Israel's concerns about Iran's nuclear program. I believe they've got to no longer act covertly, but going to act overtly mm -hmm. against Iran, and they're going to attack Iran's nuclear program. They've been training for it. They've got money for it, yeah. and they're prepared to do that. But they also know when they do that, they will create a, probably a proxy war around them with Hezbollah to the north, who has 150,000 missiles, some of them precision-guided, yeah. pointed at Israel that they could fire about 3,000 missiles a day. Uh, you also have Syria, to, right? Iran's proxy Syria with Bashar al-Assad, who used chemical weapons over 300 times in their Syrian revolution. Wow. A serious threat to Israel. You have the Hamas down to the by the Gaza area there, Iranian proxy, who says they can send a thousand missiles a day into Israel to match what Hezbollah is doing from the north. So Israel is surrounded. You have the Houthis, way down in beyond Saudi Arabia, down in Yemen. They say we also now precision guided missiles from Iran that could hit Tel Aviv. You have Shiite militias in Iraq, and and more. So I'm saying at this point Israel has to has to act. They've got to probably preemptively act, maybe even unilaterally. Well, it's, it's their, their options are all terrible. If they don't do anything, Iran is going to strike them with a nuclear weapon. They, they've said they will. They've been trying to get nuclear capacity, which they either are there, they're very close to being there. Now, on the last program, Bill, you were talking about how they have uh, attacked Iran's nuclear facilities over and over, mm -hmm. killed their nuclear scientists, all those things like that. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Israel knows what's happening in Iran. Do you believe that? I mean, in their nuclear program. I absolutely do. Matter of fact, uh, they, the Mossad had, talked, had confiscated 100,000 documents of Iran's nuclear program back in, uh, they released information on that in April of 19, 2018. So they can get in there and they can get the information they want. So I think they're pretty well aware yeah. of the, the status and progress of Iran's nuclear program. So I'm saying that to say, they know when to strike. 
they, they know how close Iran is to getting the, the nuclear warheads, so they know when to strike. It, it seems as though that because of the rhetoric of Israel and Iran, that's getting pretty close. They're, they're getting pretty close. So if, if Israel doesn't strike, one nuclear strike from Iran to Israel is pretty much game, set, match mm -hmm. if they hit the right place. Mm -hmm. the, so Israel, they can't do that. So their other choice is to bomb Iran, which immediately starts all the proxies going on. Right. Now, do you believe that's the Psalm 83 war? I believe here's how I would lay this out, Jimmy, if I can. I've got it sure. down to a few minute version. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I've done enough of these shows, right? Um, Israel and Iran go toe to toe. Israel probably preempts the strike. Iran then calls upon its proxies, who we just enumerated upon. Right. It's got Israel surrounded. Right. Now, Iran is not in the Psalm 83 war, which we can talk about who is in, in just a moment. But Syria, uh, under the banner of Assyria, Hezbollah, under the banner of the inhabitants of Tyre in Psalm 83, Hamas, down in the Gaza, the Felicias, uh, part mm -hmm. of Psalm 83, uh, they're all involved in Psalm 83. They're gonna, I believe they would then come with Iran against Israel. And I think Israel comes under a prison rules fight. I mean, they're, they're in trouble now because their Iron Dome and their defense missile systems cannot stop the barrage right. that's going to come against them. And I believe then you would, you would see Israel has to act out nuclear with a nuclear weapon and take out a major city to make a statement. And I believe that city they would destroy would be the, the most opportune city to destroy right close to them is Damascus. Right. I believe they would reduce Damascus to rubble in fulfillment of Isaiah 17 right. verse 1. Right. It says Damascus will cease from being a city, it will be a ruinous heap. We find out in Isaiah 17 9 that that desolation is caused by the children of Israel, the Israeli Defense Forces, who exist in fulfillment of Bible prophecy, which I can get into if time permits. It also says in Isaiah 17 verse 14, that one night you see him in Damascus in the masculine pronoun, in the morning he is no more. This is the portion of those who rob us and those who plunder us, meaning in self-defense overnight against the barrage that's happening against them, Israel takes out a major Arab city. When they take out Damascus, the Arab world is going to flip out because that's an Arab city and it's the oldest continuously inhabited city in recorded history dates back to the time of Abraham. Yeah. And they're going to be concerned, what about Beirut? What about uh, Amman Jordan? And Amman Jordan goes next. I can point that out in a minute. What about Cairo? What about Mecca, right? They're going to be concerned. What's to stop Israel from using a nuclear weapon? That was probably a nuclear weapon they used on Damascus, strategically launched at a certain height, uh, from taking out our cities. And by the way, in Isaiah 17, verses 4 through 6, which I didn't quote, talks about at the time of this battle with Syria, it says that the glory of Jacob will wane lean, his flesh, his flesh, his glory will fade, his flesh will wax lean. It'll be like a shaking of an olive tree with two or, two or three olives left in the evermost branch and four or five in the fruitful boughs. And when you use the imagery of what Isaiah seems to be saying is that <coughs> you superimpose an olive tree over the, a map of Israel and an olive tree can have 500,000 olives on it. On a, a modern, and they're very common trees in the Middle East and in Israel. Oh. And you've got a shaking and there's only a few left in the evermost branch and a few more down in the fruitful boughs. So it looks like Israel takes a hit with all the weapons and stuff coming against them. Their glory fades, their, flack, their flesh wax, waxes lean. Not good image for Israel. Right. And I think the Arab world then goes, well, wow. You know, they could take out our city. We can, let's come together now and make a final shot at them, which they did. They tried to take them out in 1948, oh, yeah. 1967, 
1973. But now is our opportunity. If we don't do it now, they might take out our cities. And I believe that's when you get into Psalm 83. And the next city that then goes is Amman, Jordan. We find out that's the capital of Jordan. We find out in Isaiah, excuse me, Jeremiah 49, verse 2, it says, There's an alarm of war in Rabbah of the Ammonites, that's Amman, Jordan. It shall be a desolate mound, and Israel will take possession of its inheritance. Wow. Meaning Israel's taken them out, just like they took out Damascus. They're not too far away from each other. No. You know, from, from where you're at, probably to the border of Oklahoma, for you viewers who understand the maps, Jimmy's in Texas area. Yeah. So uh, the, the, they take out that city as part of the, because Amman, Jordan, Ammon, Moab, and Edom, by their ancient names is modern-day Jordan, they're all in part of Psalm 83 also. Yeah. And then we get in, there's other prophecies I can get into too, Jimmy, but I see that being the fulfillment of Psalm 83. And when Psalm 83 happens, after Jeremiah 49, after Isaiah 17, Psalm 83, now you have Israel in a different position. They're, they're mighty. They've got an exceedingly great army in fulfillment of Ezekiel 37.10, which said they would have an exceedingly yeah. great army. They can expand territorially. They'll take over their possession. We sit on Jordan. They'll take over Jordan. They'll take over five cities in Egypt. will speak the language of Canaan. That's Hebrew. Isaiah 19.18. They're going to start to, when they win wars, they expand territorially. Joshua did it 3,300 years ago. King David did it 3,000 years ago. The IDF did it. Israel did it in 1967 in the Six-Day War. Yeah. It increases the defensibility of their borders. They believe that's their land because it's part of the Abrahamic Covenant, land given to him in Genesis 15.18 from the river of Egypt, probably the Nile, to the river Euphrates, yeah. which courses through modern-day Iraq and Syria. Someday they're going to get all that land. I believe they can get some of it incrementally after the Psalm 83. When Jesus returns, he'll give them all that land in the Messianic kingdom. But um, I think at that point, Israel can become well securely. They can take down the walls, the border walls they have with Lebanon, the fences around Gaza, the border wall they have with Egypt, the partition wall they have going through the middle part of Israel, 400-mile-long wall that separates Palestinian terror from Israel proper. They can tear those walls down, live in unwalled villages, dwell safely, be, have plunder and booty, be greater, safer Israel. And I believe that's the Israel that Ezekiel 38 comes after Gog and Magog invasion, dwelling securely without walls, bars, nor gates in the latter years, brought back from the nations, living in the land of Israel, a peaceful people. They're not that right now, no. but they will be that after this scenario events happen. We have much more from Bill and more insight from his interview in our subscriber portion today. To become a subscriber, visit endtimes.com and join us for only $7 a month. Along with the rest of today's interview, you'll get access to all of our End Times articles, shows, and teaching. Join us at endtimes.com today.